His Love Christian Fellowship is excited to share this podcast with you. We hope you enjoy this message. Okay. Hannah and I are tag teaming this morning. I'm going to start out and then she's going to take over partway through. So I'm just going to pray to get started. Lord, we just thank you for this morning. Lord, we thank you for the worship. Lord, for the ability to come in and, and focus on you and hear your voice. Lord, we just praise you for the brothers and sisters in this place that we get to walk hand in hand with. Lord, we ask for a unity. Lord, just drawing nearer to each other and nearer to you. Lord, the ability to walk in all that you have for us as a body in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Okay, I'm just going to share a little bit this morning about uh, what the Lord's been kind of showing me in my life and what I walk through um, and kind of where I'm at in that process. It goes along with what everyone's been sharing this morning. Um, What it amounts to is it's where is my heart, where are our hearts, and how do we respond to situations, circumstances, where is our trust in the Lord? in those things and it's like you know you can always stand back and look at someone else in a situation and be like well if I was them I would have done that or I would do this (laughs) that comes real easy a lot of times (laughs) but when we're the one in the situation how do we respond how do we act in that and that's what the Lord's been showing me because what I do day in and day out is deal with people and circumstances and situations and it's a lot easier to work through something with someone when you can see it from their perspective instead of your own so um, I'm always trying to get better in that and I was feeling like the Lord was showing me uh, a scripture with that with how Jesus dealt with this. And there's a lot. I have a lot of scriptures. I probably won't share near all of them. But uh, the big one was Mark 4, 38 through 41. And this is in the New Living Translation. It says, Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. And the disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we are going to drown? (laughs) When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? And the disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. In the passion translation when he when they come to him they say teacher don't you even care we're all about to die (laughs) it says he woke up and he hushed the winds and he said calm down all at once they stopped and then he said why are you afraid haven't you learned to trust yet (laughs) and I was looking at those and I thought wow, how do we handle, how do I handle that? Their first thing they said was, do you not care that we're going to (laughs) die? So they didn't wake him up saying, 
Jesus, we're afraid of the storm. They, wo they woke him up accusing him. How can you sleep? We're going to die. <laughs> and I thought, wow, that's not how I would have responded when I woke up to that accusation. <laughs> he didn't wake up and tell them about themselves. <laughs> he woke up and just said, when be still, be calm. And then he went to, okay, what's the situation here? How come you're afraid? He just began to engage with them and teach them in the process. I'm sure everyone in here is better than me, but my first response would not be to engage and teach them. <laughs> it might be a little more strong than that. <laughs> but I thought, wow, what an awesome picture of Jesus in a situation being accused. Do you not care that we're going to die? Look at us. Our boat's about to sink, <laughs> like it's his fault. <laughs> and yet, he woke up, and he, he walked them through that process, hearing what they had to say, knowing how foolish it was <laughs> in his mind. He didn't say, you're a bunch of idiots. <laughs> he said, hold on a second. <laughs> Just look at this. And so... I was just thinking through different things uh, that I walk through day in and day out with that. And I thought, Lord, how do I see things the way you see them? How do I get that connection? And to me, it's all about the connection. How do I get that connection that when things come up in my face, I don't react out of my flesh? I react out of the connection I have with the Lord. And what the Lord's, what I felt like the Lord said to me was, um, for one, we're not called to defend ourselves. And that's a big one. So when something comes up, accusations, situations, we're not called to defend ourselves. We're called to walk in union with him. So when those things pop up, our response is through his spirit, not through our flesh. And... Um, with that, what I felt like is it's the same way with everything. It doesn't matter if it's with work, with family, with your brothers and sisters in this place. The things we feel at times that are offenses, that are like, I can't believe they said that. I can't believe they've done that. You know, why they react that way. Those things are nothing in comparison to walking hand in hand with each other and having that connection with your brothers and sisters. And that's what happens a lot of times in church bodies. You'll hear of splits here, you know, splits there where they left because of this and that. It's all about that offense is just nothing in comparison to how we support and walk and push together with each other. And the Lord wants us to see that side of it, and the enemy wants to bring up the offense in it. And so what I felt like the Lord said is, if we respond, and he was saying this to me, if I respond in a situation without thinking, that's the number one mistake. If you automatically respond without thinking, <laughs> that's a problem. But if I do, the only way I'm allowed to do that is out of love. So if I automatically respond without thinking, it better be out of love. And I thought, 
wow, that hadn't happened a lot of times. <laughs> when I respond without thinking, it hasn't always been out of love. <laughs> so I thought, that's a whole new concept. It's just like when your little kid does something wrong and they're little. You don't snap at them. I can't believe you've done that. Well, sometimes I do. You're not supposed to. <laughs> can't believe you've done it. You respond out of love. You know, pay attention. <laughs> you can hurt yourself. Don't do that again. You know, in all reality, that's how the Lord wants us to walk in life. It's just like we respond to our littlest kids. It's okay. You know, we're walking together. Nobody's perfect. And we're all going to run into situations that we don't handle right. That's in the body, completely separate from out in the world. In the world, it doesn't matter if we're walking hand in hand. What I felt like the Lord said is, a lot of times you'll hear Christians say, I never have a chance to, to witness to somebody. You know, I just don't have the opportunity. Um, I'm not in a situation where I can share the Lord a lot with people. And that may be the case, but he was showing me through this that personally, my witnessing is more in my response than it is me going up to someone saying, hey, do you know about the Lord? Have you ever heard of Jesus? It's the response that I have no clue somebody's watching me to see how I'm going to react to that situation. And I got to thinking back, and I've heard that multiple times of people saying, wow, you handled that differently than I thought you would watching the situation. And I'm thinking that was the Lord because in myself, I'm not going to respond any different than anybody else. But pushing in and having that connection with the Lord helps me to respond in a way of love, which is him, which is the best representation we could ever give anyone and the best witness we could do for anyone that we come in contact with. As I was thinking through that, I was thinking about our president, and that's come up today. And you hear a lot about, oh, I don't like how he says and does this. I don't like how he tweets all the time. I don't like how he does this. And it's true. I mean, it can get irritating. But <laughs> put ourselves in that situation. If we were getting accused day in and day out, all the things we do wrong, we've done this, we've done that, all the problems we got, it would be really hard to walk in love and nice to everyone. So the way I was looking at that as I was thinking through this is it doesn't matter if he's perfect. None of us are. We need to be praying that he get that connection with his father that he does respond the way that he should. That it doesn't matter where his stance actually is in the physical. The Lord began to line him up with everything he has for him while he's in office. It's just like when Obama was in there, and we prayed for years for Obama, and that wasn't who we wanted to have in office. We prayed for years for the Lord to bless him, line him up with what he wanted. And he didn't do everything that we asked. He didn't do everything that we wanted. But the Lord worked through that process just like he does through anyone that's in office because the Lord's the head. Even though it seems like the president is the head of our nation, it's actually our Lord. He is the one in charge. So, um, in Luke 6.45, it says, People are known in the same way. Out of the virtue stored in their hearts, good and upright people will produce good fruit. But out of the evil hidden in their hearts, evil ones will produce what is evil. 
for the overflow of what has been stored in your heart will be seen by your fruit and will be heard in your words. And that's that thing. If we can get that connection to where we're in that place of the overflow coming out of our hearts is what we want represented or what our Heavenly Father wants represented in us, then we're going to walk in a completely different place and we're going to win more people to the Lord than we ever could going up to people saying, have you heard of Jesus before? That's not bad. But what I'm saying is our walks day in and day out are what people see. And so there's all kinds of things through Proverbs about this, obviously. And I'm just going to read a few. Proverbs 10.32 says, The lips of godly speak helpful words, but the mouth of the wicked speaks perverse words. And I don't know if you've noticed, I'm sure you have, <laughs> a lot of the movies anymore, they can be kids' movies. They can be these action films, and we all like those. But they have to throw words in there constantly. It's like cuss words here, little things there. It's like, what is that? I think we're seeing what these producers, you know, these people that's over these movies, what's in their heart. You're seeing it come out, even when they're trying to produce kid films. This is the world they live in. They don't have a connection with our father. So when you have people like the ones that uh, created um, uh, Facing the Giants and all those uh, different ones, it's amazing because it's like, wow, this is an awesome movie. You know, you can show your kids there's no cuss words in there, all that kind of thing, because you're seeing the overflow of their heart. It comes out in what they do. And that's what we're asking for in the movie industry is more of those people producing movies. And it's more now than it ever was in the past. But it's like, Lord, give us those. You know, it's just, it's just amazing what we're getting that we didn't used to with those. But, Lord, make those foundations solid in the people that are in a place who can put out these movies, who can show the opposite side of that coin from what we're getting in our worldly big box store, not box store, <laughs> our big uh, uh, Avenger movies that we all like. It's like we just need a cleansing of that area. And, and I think the Lord's doing that. I really feel like he is. Um, Proverbs 13.3 says, Those who control their tongue will have a long life. Opening your mouth can ruin everything. We've all been in that position. <laughs> like, wow, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> I reacted too quickly there. Um, so this is, it's just, to me, it's not like anything major, but the Lord was just showing me there are so many little responses, so many little situations that I can change, I can be better in, I can react more like he wants me to react. Um, we had some different things come up, everyone does, you know, and I was thinking back on them as I was going through this. We had a, uh, we was going through town, I don't know, it's been a few weekends ago, and um, Hannah said, watch out for that lady, and I look up, and there's a young teenager, I don't know, she, I don't know how long she's been driving, probably not real, real long, and she's looking, she's getting ready to pull out of the gas station, she's looking the other direction, because she's going to cross traffic and go the opposite way, 
So she's watching to see if it clears up, and she pulls right out in front of us and never looks our way. And I knew what she had done. She had glanced our way first, and we wasn't there because we just turned off a side street. And so then when she started looking the other way, she never glanced back. And so I just swerved out. I had to get in the middle turning lane to get around her to keep her from hitting us because she was completely out in our lane. And in the past, I would have been a little bit irritated over that, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> and, uh, and, I look, and I wasn't. I said, she just didn't realize. She glanced our way and looked the other way, and then we turned out. She didn't realize we were coming, you know. And I was thinking of it when I was going through this. I thought, you know, I didn't even get mad at that lady for doing that because I could respond the way the Lord wanted me to. So I just swerved out. And when she, when she turned around and saw us, I mean, her eyes got big like saucers. She's like, oh, no. And, and she was expecting somebody to start screaming at her or something, you know. But um, it wasn't that big of a deal. And I thought, that's where I need to be in every situation. It's not a big deal. The Lord will take care of it, and he did. We didn't get hit. We had to go out in the other lane, <laughs> but we didn't get hit. It was fine. It wasn't a problem. Um, and so I was thinking, man, that's not me. <laughs> the Lord's doing something different. Well, I had another situation um, that I was working on a piece of equipment, and uh, it was new. So, you know, you buy new equipment, and you think everything's going to be great, and you won't have any problems. Well, it broke down. <laughs> So I called the manufacturer. I was walking through it. Well, they told me, here's your problem. They sent us new parts, and I went to fix it, and that didn't fix it. So I called him back again, talked to somebody else, and he said, well, if you've done that, here's the problem. I'm going to send you a new part. I said, okay. So he sent it the next day, and I went and worked on it, and that fixed it. Perfect. Well, I called him back, and anytime you call the manufacturer, it takes forever to get through the process. You know, you got to be put on hold, and then they got to transfer you to the other department and get put on hold again. And so I went through all that, and finally they got me back to the department that um, helped me troubleshoot it. And I said, Hey, I just wanted to call you. I talked to you the last couple of days. I want to tell you, this fixed it. It works great now. And I said, I just really appreciate you walking me through that. And it was silent on the other end. And then all of a sudden he goes, that has never happened. And I said, what? <laughs> he said, I have never had someone call back and thank me for telling them the steps they needed to fix it when we sent you the wrong part the first time. And this is a brand new piece of equipment that broke down. He said, I've never had that happen. He said, I just want to thank you for letting me know that. And I, and I got thinking about it later, and I thought I was just trying to encourage him because he told me, you know, what the problem was. But people don't do that. Unless it's a complaint, they never hear anything. <laughs> and so I thought, Lord, that's how I want to be in all situations to where there's times you have to deal with situations and you have to tell people what your issues are. But, but you can be kind in that. You can represent the Lord in the negative situations. I had another one to where <laughs> I'm selling a short sale property, which means it's going into foreclosure. And so I'm dealing with this bank who's in a complete different state. Um, and I got an offer on it. It was a real good offer. And so we sent it into the bank, and they won't respond to me. They won't respond, won't respond. Three, let's see, 
it was either two or three weeks. I lose track of time. But let's just say two weeks. Two weeks go by. Was it three weeks? Okay. Three weeks go by. They still had not even said if they'll accept the offer or not. And we have clients wanting to buy this house, and they won't respond to me. So during this last two weeks, the first week I kind of left, left her alone. <laughs> From then on, I started calling her every day. And I wasn't mean to her, but I'd leave her a message. This is Trent. Just want to let you know we got this offer. And just pretty much reminding her every day. Okay? Well, after the third week, she called me. <laughs> and she proceeded to tell me that I was not her priority and that she had more important things to do than to help me with this property <laughs> and all this stuff. And I just listened. I listened to her, and then I said, well, I'm sorry about that, but I will be your squeaky wheel until you help me through this process. <laughs> I didn't raise my voice. I didn't get mad. I just said, this is how it is. And that day, she got everything lined out on that process before the day was out. <laughs> and it was just like the Lord, and I thought, I wasn't mean to her. I didn't say anything out of line. I just let her know, I will bother you until we get this done. <laughs> That's your job. <laughs> Let's do it. And it was funny because before I would have not responded so kindly. <laughs> and I might have said things to her like she was saying to me. But at the time, the Lord just helped me. It's like it's not a big deal. I don't need to defend myself. And it doesn't matter that she's mad at me in this situation. Here's what we're going through. I'm going to be nice, but you're going to hear from me until we get this done. <laughs> and, and the Lord just completely shifted it and went from three weeks of nothing to within eight hours, that whole process was done. <laughs> and so he's just been showing me these different things. And we've had, uh, I mean, I could go all day with those kind of things, but he's been showing me that. It's like, don't defend yourself. Don't try to prove you're right. Don't get stirred up in the situation. Trust me and relax in the connection you're making with me day in and day out. You're trying to walk, having that communion, have it all day long. Don't do it for an hour in the morning and then be done for the day. Have it all day long. That's what he's calling us to. That's the difference between us and the world. And uh, there's all different ones I was going to read. Um, there's ones where they would, uh, the Pharisees or Sadducees or whoever would confront Jesus with something. Well, what about this? And there was times he would say, you brood of vipers. Or, <laughs> or, you know, which I don't think that was him that said brood of vipers. But ones like that. It was like there was one here where, let's see. Did he say that? Okay. It's like that. He would say all kinds of things to them, but he would never react out of hate or irritation. It was always just a straightforward comment. Here's what you're acting like, and here's the perspective from my Heavenly Father. And that's what he's calling us to. He's not calling us to have all the answers. He's not calling us to be perfect. He's calling us to walk in love not responding without thinking, and representing our Father well. That's who we're called to be. And um, I really feel like um, it's a new place. It's kind of like 
that word on Elijah list was awesome too about trusting. Um, it's a new place he's calling us into, and it's not like we have to strive for it. We're not talking about something that it's a duty. We're talking about something that as you draw nearer to him, it flows easier through you. Um, and I want to share one other thing, and it's in Mark 14, 3, and then 5 through 11. It's, uh, now Jesus was in Bethany in the home of Simon, a man Jesus had healed of leprosy. And as he was reclining at the table, a woman came in the house holding an alabaster flask. It was filled with the highest quality of fragrant and expensive oil. She walked right up to Jesus, and with a gesture of extreme devotion, she broke the flask and poured out the precious oil over his head. It could have been sold for a great sum, and the money could have benefited the poor. So they scolded her harshly. Jesus said to them, Leave her alone. Why are you so critical of this woman? She has honored me with this beautiful act of kindness, for you will always have the poor whom you can help whenever you want, but you will not always have me. When she poured the fragrant oil over me, she was preparing my body in advance for my burial. She has done all that she could to honor me. I promise you that as this wonderful gospel spreads all over the world, the story of her lavish devotion to me will be mentioned in memory of her. One of the twelve apostles, Judas Iscariot, went to the leading priests to inform them of his willingness to betray Jesus in their hands, and they were delighted. What I wanted you to see in this that I felt like the Lord was showing me is there was two opposite responses. One, she came in, and when she done that, Jesus gave her great honor for honoring him and knowing who he was. But what was the flip side of that? Judas had an idol of money. And when he was upset with how money was wasted, he got so angry, he went out and said, I'm betraying Jesus. Because he had his heart in the wrong place. His heart was after an idol of money. And that is the complete opposite of what you will deal with. So I felt like Jesus has these examples all through Scripture, and the only difference between those who react wrongly and those who react correctly are those who have the connection with him. So that's what I was wanting to share this morning. guys tired no. <laughs> okay <laughs> I'll save this for another time <clears throat> okay <clears throat> um, the Lord's just been kind of stirring in my heart and um, I didn't know if the fullness of it is done but I've just been praying a lot for passion I've been praying for our hearts and um, oh, for um, for prayer to be alive again, for um, 
the things that we're so busy with, we're so busy that what Trent was talking about where we don't just spend time with the Lord, but we're able to stay connected to him all day long, no matter what we're doing. And so some of this comes out of that. Um, it's actually one of the same scriptures Trent shared. Um, I've been reading in Luke and I've just been blown away by just scripture after scripture that just stands out. So I have a few of them that I wanted to share. Um, let's see if I can get this situated. This is Luke chapter six. It says the overflow of what has been stored in your heart will be seen by your fruit and will be heard in your words. What have you been storing in your heart? Do you even know? And I just felt like the Lord just was pricking my heart just with all these, these scriptures. Is it worship and spending time getting to know Jesus, your friend? What is stored inside will always come out in our actions and in our words. And in verse uh, 46, it says, What good does it do for you to say, I am your Lord and Master, if what I teach you is not put into practice? And I just felt like the Lord was reminding us, where's your love? Where's your passion? Where's my love? Where's my passion? What comes out of my mouth on a daily basis? Is it full of Jesus and truth? Or is it whining, complaining about life? I hope not. But I want a deeper hunger. And I hear him calling to us, where is your passion? Don't be so busy. Don't be so busy that you don't have time for me, that you don't make your heart a priority. Okay, this is verse 47. Jesus says, let me describe the one who truly follows me and does what I say. He is like a man who chooses the right place to build a house, and then he lays a deep and secure foundation. When the storms and floods rage against that house, it continues to stand strong and unshaken through the tempest, for it has been wisely built on the right foundation. But the one who has heard my teaching and does not obey it is like a man who builds a house without laying any foundation whatsoever. And when storms and floods rage against the house, it will immediately collapse and become a total loss. Which of these two builders will you be? And I saw in this passage also how we have been, um, how we have had spiritual leaders. Um, I mean, you can look at this is your life, and this is also the foundation of the church. This is the foundation of what we've been given. And I feel like being raised by mom and dad, being raised by all these wonderful people in here that, I mean, I've watched them, the leadership. I mean, they've been here for years, and I watched them, and we've been given this strong, firm foundation so I was seeing it like this, okay? So we have this firm foundation under us, and hopefully, hopefully we're going to carry it on 
that we're not going to say, no, I don't need that part of the foundation. I don't need that. No, hopefully we're going to continue on in the same level of love for the word, same level of love for truth. And, um, and instead of trying to replace truth, here's what I felt like the Lord was saying, trying to replace truth with our own opinions. And there's a scripture on that. I think I'm going to get to it. I was, maybe that's the one, Luke 35, 1135. I was blown away by this. Yeah, this is the one. It says, open your heart and consider my words and watch out that you do not mistake your opinions for revelation light. And man, guys, do we need to be careful. We need to be careful that we're lining up with the word and keeping with that as our foundation. That's why passion is so important. That's why prayer, prayer is still so important. That's why spending time in the word and his presence is so important. It's our foundation. If we don't stay with the foundation, it's going to begin to crumble and, and fall away. And what they have built for us, what they have given to us, will not last because we aren't keeping up with it. We have, we have a job as the generations the generation after them and our children, we have um, something that's required of us. Okay. So here's what I felt with that. It's always a choice to build on this good foundation of your leaders, of your parents, of the word, let the word guide you. Let his love fill you. And always fan the flame of your passion for Jesus. Be teachable, be humble, and love much. And I truly believe that if this is our standard, if this is how we live, that the word guides us, the, the love of God fills us, that we will never go astray. It's a sure foundation. In Luke chapter 8, I told you I was going to be all over Luke because all, I mean, I just, the Lord had just been highlighting so many of these scriptures. Um, this is Luke 8, 16 through 17. No one lights a lamp and then hides it, covering it over or putting it where its light won't be seen. No, the lamp is placed on a lampstand so others are able to benefit from its brightness. And that's that's cultivating who he is in us. That's salvation. That's his presence. That's everything that he is. And it's not just for our benefit. It's to be on a lampstand for others. And verse 17 says, because this revelation lamp now shines within you, nothing will be hidden from you. It will all be revealed. Every secret of the kingdom will be unveiled and out in the open and made known by the revelation light. Because Jesus has been burning inside of you and I, nothing will be hidden from us. The kingdom will be unveiled. And I think that's what's happening. There's just a progression of things that even like the, I love to share on loving yourself and loving yourself the way God loves you. That's a revelation that's happening 
clear across the whole body of Christ that we didn't see before. We didn't even know it was okay to like ourselves and that he wants us to. So I, I feel like there's just veils just coming off. You will see more clearly than ever before. As you continue your pursuit, the more you will see. And in verse 18, it says, so pay careful attention. Here it is again to your hearts as you hear my teaching. For to those who have open hearts, even more revelation will be given to them until it overflows. Watch your hearts, guard them, keep them only for Jesus. As you hear the things he's saying and the things he's teaching you, make sure your heart is soft and full of love. Make sure your heart is open. And if it is, even more revelation light is coming and it will overflow you. And for those who do not listen with open hearts, here's a warning. What little, and Jesus is saying this, what little you imagine to have will be taken away. And I'm like, whoo, don't, that's rough. Let's guard what he's given us. Guard it vigilantly. Okay. Luke 9. Okay. Um, Jesus had just been rejected um, by these towns, and it really made, um, it says Jacob and John, but I know him as James and John. Um, they realized what was happening. Jesus has been just completely rejected, and it made them angry. And not that long before that, they actually had gone out and healed all kinds of people, cast all kinds of demons out. So they're furious, and they're like, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven? Do you want us to deal with these wicked people? And destroy them and immediately Jesus rebukes them sharply saying don't you realize what comes from your hearts when you say that there he is dealing with the heart for the son of man did not come to destroy life but to bring life to the earth don't you realize your hearts are not full of me full of love I didn't come but to give life to everyone. I kept hearing the Lord saying this over and over again, and this is, this is our call. This is who we are. This is what he wants of us. The kingdom of heaven belongs to little children. And Jesus says, Father, the very way you've chosen to extend your kingdom to give to those who become is to give it to those who become like trusting children. How do we do that? Watch your heart. Children love everyone. They do. They are not shy about anybody. And they just, they're innocent. They're just, their love is without... I, you could, I don't know, you could make a mad one minute, the next minute they're hugging you. I mean, they just love. The kingdom is only ours when we become like children who completely trust and love like him, their heavenly father. 
Trust the word. Don't think you know it all. Trust and know he's good. Earlier in this verse, it says he has hidden the revelation of his authority from those who are proud, those who are wise in their own eyes, and he has given it to those who have humbled themselves. And something I just, I'm going to touch on this real quick, but something that I just felt like the Lord was saying was it in um, Luke chapter 6, it talks about um, the fruit, your fruit in your life, what your tree looks like. If it's a good tree, you're going to bear good fruit. If it's not a good tree, you're going to have rotten fruit. And I just felt like the Lord was reminding us of humility and what it looks like. So humility looks like um, there's so many paradoxes because God doesn't want us to live in, in this place of constantly thinking about ourselves and constantly examining, did I do that right? Did I do this right in um, self-judgment? But it doesn't hurt you. Like, examine your heart. If your heart is hard, if your heart is, um, if your heart doesn't easily feel tender towards the Lord. You can't easily get into the presence with him. Maybe you should examine your fruit. Maybe maybe you should. <laughs> so what I was feeling was um, if, if there is some things in your life that are not good, go and find someone that has that good fruit that you want and get input into your life. Ask for help. Be accountable. Allow there to be trimming and cutting away of the things that are robbing you of your fruit. And that can be too much busyness. Say no. Stay home. Don't run all the time. Make time for your family. Make time to be quiet. Make time for your family to be quiet. Not constantly running and doing. Because the more busy we are, I love that saying that mom likes to say, if he can't get you bad he'll get you busy and it is the truth I really do believe that and in this day and age it seems like there's constantly things going on it, it's honestly why we don't do sports it's why we don't do a lot of things because we would constantly be running with our children no I'm sorry yeah you would probably like that but no we need to not run every night we need to be home we don't need to run all weekend um, that's just something we've chosen and even yesterday, we were both home all day. And we did some things around the house. We were working on stuff. But we actually sat in our yard, and we're looking at each other <laughs> and talking. And, you know, it was like, huh. And the Lord restores and refreshes your soul when you take time to do that. So um, the thing I wanted to do, I just wanted to pray. Um, I, this is not a word of condemnation or anything, but I just feel like we need to awaken passion. We need to awaken a spirit of prayer. We need to awaken something um, just across this nation, across our land, because something's always pulling and vying for our attention, and it's he's on the back burner, and, and that is not how it's supposed to be. So I just wanted to pray, actually. I just wanted to pray for that. So I want to read this again, something that I wrote. 
and I just read it earlier, but I wanted to end with this, and then I'll pray. Let the word guide you. Let his love fill you. And always fan the flame of your passion for Jesus. Be teachable, be humble, and love much. And so, God, I just lift up. Lord, I lift up specifically this body. But, Lord, I lift up the body of Christ. And, God, I am asking you for passion and for revival fire to be fanned in all of our hearts, in all of the hearts across this land, God, that you would awaken us to your spirit again, that you would awaken us to fasting and prayer and intercession, God. Lord, that uh, just being with you is enough. God, we just tell you that. Because, God, we can get so busy and things constantly pull at us, but you are what we want. And God, we just renew our flame, our passion, our love for you this morning. We just tell you, God, we want more. Fan the flame of revival across our land. Fan the flame. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this message.